cold open. Don't tell me anything. What am I looking at right now? Damn. Yeah, that is... Uh... <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, Genesis number zero being transferred to, I believe, uh, DC Collector 840 days ago. Day zero, first day of our blocks. On today's episode of the Capsule 21 podcast, we talked to our guest, Daniel Calderon Arenas, about his artwork, his art blocks uh, Genesis project, uh, his journey as an artist in the Web3 space. We talked about CryptoPunk. We talked about AI prompting, mid-journey versus Dali, and a lot of other really great things. Donald Judd, come on, hit me with the Donald Judd. Talked about Donald Judd. What's up? I'm Daniel Calderon Arenas. I go by DCA, Artblocks artist and educator, and I make generative art. And I'm obsessed with it. And that's all I think about, and that's all I do. And I'm crazy about it. Ah! The first ever Artblocks. That's the so that is our guest today. <laughs> he. There's a lot we want to talk about, and I think historical priority claims, like who was first at this, like, I'm skeptical of that kind of thing, but I still really like it. And if you look at this okay. <laughs> transaction, what you will notice is a couple things. One, well, you won't notice this, but it's true. This was before the squigglies, okay? That's what you have to know about this. So, oh, the squigglies are so great. Like, I love the squigglies, uh, but this was first. <laughs> Our guest, <laughs> Daniel Calderon-Arias. The very first mint on art blocks, 840 days ago to now, a tremendous story of generative art, of color, of versatility, of location. But it all, I mean, I don't think it actually all started here, but for me personally, when I was looking at uh, your entire uh, work to sort of Google the cold open, I thought this was just fascinating. The other thing I will tell you that I love about this transaction is you scroll down and you see um, value, 85 bucks, and then you click and it's less like usually the depressing thing about these historical uh ether scan uh receipts is that they are uh you go back and it's like way more <laughs> you know you're like oh god that's what eth was at four uh thousand uh you know uh oops that's something that um is depressing now to uh to look at whereas if you are um you know looking at a smaller number of ETH, you can think, hey, you know, we started uh, somewhere pretty, pretty humble and, and we're up from from there. So uh, welcome so much to our guest, uh, Daniel. What is looking at this make you think? I noticed that you remarked about 840 days. This is a brute. This is a vicious EtherScan feature, by the way. If they just put this, you wouldn't feel so intense about it. But you, you remarked in the 840. What, what does this make you think about Oh, man, it's a different time. It was, uh, you know, like COVID lockdown, um, uncertainty, what the hell is going to happen? What what am I going to do with, you know, like my work, with my practice, with just everything before that moment, I think, was just um, run-of-the-mill, like, kind of just, I'm just a random dude making art and you know, at the university, you know, about to embark on a huge artistic struggle of trying to find my footing in the art world. Um, but then that happened and like, just, you know, next day it's just like, whoa, what the hell was that? Um, and ever since then, it's been a whole nother story. So yeah, it's just a turning point. That's like that day is a turning point for me and for many others, I believe too. Um, 
whole community in Art Blocks that was there from day one, they, they're still in, they're still around, you know, and it's just incredible that uh, all these people are still there. And, um, you know, it's just, it was just a very exciting day for me, for everybody, for Eric, for Jeff Davis. It was just a, a wake up moment, I think. Um, totally unexpected. Nobody was expecting it. Just like out of left field, bam. That, because that, you know, that's one of the corny questions that, people ask you i'm sure or ask anyone who's at the start of some big twist in life and you know culture internet culture especially a fast movie it's like did you know that you were on the precipice of blah 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 or did you you know not know and that's like the corniest question ever but it sounds like what you're saying is uh it's really impossible to know (laughs) that (laughs) in advance i had no clue honestly like I've I've seen tons of platforms like before crypto, right? Like just tons of art platforms come and go and a lot of them open up and there's like no activity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and just deep down inside, I thought, okay, well, this platform, it's kind of, you know, like art blocks, it's about to launch and my work's going to, my work's going to be on there and it's probably going to sit there for, you know, a long time without any activity because just the way these internet like web two platforms were you know i wasn't expecting that i wasn't expecting what happened which was just like totally selling out in the first day and tons of activity and like a super active community sharing mints in the discord talking about the features talking about what they look like i mean just like active 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 place and festive like really festive and and positive like yeah it's just like i had no idea that was gonna happen that's so cool though because like i think you know uh my big theory on life is that nothing works (laughs) basically everything's terrible nothing works and to the extent that something does work you have to like do 600 iterations of it or in our case 28 episodes worth before it really starts going but sometimes rarely it really uh takes off and um you know like you know one example is piv uh Piv, I feel like, has grown uh, a ton in terms of, you know, the, but Piv was doing the same stuff a year ago. Like, where's Excel Punks a year ago? It's huge now. You know, Dove and I worked on a project. Really, it was Dove's, you know, concept and execution. It was a project. It was a punk derivative called Cyberfunks. And um, it was the only time I've achieved, uh, we've achieved, like, instant success, basically, where it really just mints immediately. And when that happened, I was just like, oh, my God. And I shot the best. This is something I've never told you, Dove. I shot the best front night of my entire life. I shot 42 the following oh, wow. day wow. <laughs> because I was like, I'm the genius. We're so good. So, you know, I think that's, yeah. um, you know, if you've done a lot of things, you can know enough to savor that type of, of, of thing. And so um, it sounds like you really had, had fun with, uh, had fun with that art blocks. And, you know, I don't want to assume too much, you know, knowledge and everything. I like this podcast, you know, it's like, how can you learn uh, something, not be intimidated? So just on the most basic level, I'm on the page for ArtBlocks. I've actually been on the ArtBlocks site a number of times, but I've never been on this like about page and seen this presentation. Obviously it wasn't pre- presented like this, but just like, you know, this is the launch of ArtBlocks. We're ta- what is just the basic idea of ArtBlocks? ArtBlocks is uh, basically on-demand generative artworks uh, minted on blockchain and uh, provably uh, collectible and um, so uh, uh, I guess you could say the artwork is special in a couple of ways because it's uh, scale agnostic and um, it's based on basically the token hash transaction 
So um, whenever you mint a, a token on Artblocks, or not on Artblocks, but on in, in any Ethereum in any Ethereum uh, way, you it, you cre it creates a token hash, and that token hash is like a big a random seed value that gets plugged into a work of art, and that generates a deterministic um, image. And so that are, therefore, uh, just owning that token kind of produces that image for you. And uh, because this stuff is stored on the blockchain, it's immutable. It's basically stuck that way forever. You can't really f change it. Uh, and at the same time, it's um, it's uh, it's there forever, supposedly. You know, like if you mm -hmm. think about the longevity of uh, of the blockchains and how long they may last and whatnot, then this code is there. You do not need to have the internet to um, to generate the image as long as you have the code for the project. So the code uh, is the code itself is stored on the blockchain, and that's what differentiates our blocks from many other uh, platforms. Is that we actually store the code for the script on the blockchain, and that might be like you know two thousand lines of code or something. And back when it started, that that was something that costs thousands of dollars to do just for each project, you know. But right. the costs have gotten much lower these days, and so. Uh, going on you know I'm, I'm going overboard with the what is art blocks but no <laughs> i think that's great right. I mean, that, that's sort of uh you know it's a it's a generative art platform so people need to know well, it's just it's generally you know i think the the core for me is this idea that like okay like you can have a generative thing any computer pro anything can generate something you just boom like you can google you know javascript like demo or whatever like you know a d3js javascript demo you can google any of this kind of stuff but i think when when it comes to uh blockchain generative stuff which i agree that our, our blocks really pioneering and to me the core point is that it's uh random e but it's also this very deterministic thing so it's it's a code that can do whatever with some random input but then you put your input in and that just stays the same uh forever so another way to uh look at generative art for me is it's not so much a um, you're 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 generating from a fresh. It's more like you are interpreting something that is there. Like the generative thing is the seed, is the thing that's just like coming from somewhere. We don't even know where it's coming from. The blockchain, whatever. And then you interpret that, and you say, you know, what is that that's going on? Uh, you know, there. And I think when I think of interpretation, I always just love it because it's like you know, you got like the Bible, and you got the Talmud, and the Talmud's like way longer, I think. But this is obviously way longer than the than the string. So this is version one, or not version one. This is token zero, the first token. Token zero, right there. And so if I want to get into it, I can click on. That's kind of a weird number for zero, but I guess they had their they had their reasons. Now, yeah, so it's actually, project number one. So uh, the one at the on the left side of that token number is the project number. So the contract has uh, hundreds of projects on it now, and that number keeps incrementing. Okay, interesting. interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if I do a quick inspect element on this, yeah. by the way, inspect element is a pretty cool uh, tool. I'm just going to give a shout out to expect element. If you are not a big, you know, nerd, you might not know about it. But you can right click on anything, not here for some reason. It's canvas probably. And uh, you can inspect element. And what I love about inspect element is you can just go here. Here's the canvas. You can right click this and say capture node screenshot. And so if you've ever wanted to get a screenshot of anything that's like precise, that's not just like you with your shaky hands doing it, do that. But so here we have the script and just to really nail this home, because I, you know, I don't want to belabor this too much because like there's, this is nearly 900 days ago, but like, I think it's really important for people to understand this because when you were on the uh, uh, Sove uh, Museum 
uh, exhibition thing when we were hearing you talk like I actually just didn't know this so I like literally just like okay I'm probably an idiot but like what is this so that's like the first time I learned it and I'm like a nerd so here is the, the program itself yep that's it right there to see maybe so this uh, particular script um, there's there's various ways to interpret the hash string right like you can take the entire hash string and convert it into numbers and then plug it in as a random seed to a random number generator, right? And that's a way to produce like tons and tons of randomness from a single hash, uh, hash string. But this particular script, what it's doing is it's, uh, it's looking at the hash string and reading it from left to right and saying, okay, is the first letter a G? Then make stars. If the first letter is a P, then make lines, right? Uh, obviously, it's uh, um, base 16, so it would only go up to F, A, B, C, D, E, F. Um, but, uh, but it's basically reading the, the, each digit in the hash string one by one and, and interpreting it literally. So, like, if digit number three is um, number nine, then draw, you know, make it pink. If it's a number 10, then make it blue. If it's number 11, then make it brown. And it just goes along the hash string like that, reading it and creating the artwork from it. It's relatively simplistic compared to how things have progressed now. And, and um, you know, uh, given the projects we're seeing today that are just phenomenally complex and incredible, uh, this is a rather simplistic way of reading the hash string. And this is all I knew back then, too. I didn't know much else. But, yeah, right there... Um, so for integer i equals zero, i is less than 32, i is equal to i plus one. So it's taking the hash string right there. It's, unhex it's unhexing it. So basically um, each uh, pair of values. So like, let's say you have an a and a two, and that turns into a number and it's stored in the HP uh, array. And then I can grab those values. For example, for the background, I have HP zero, HP one, and HP two. Those are three values that are between zero and 255, and they determine the color. And um, even alpha transparency in there. It's been a while since I've even looked at this code, jeez. Uh, so yeah, it's basically just, it's reading that hash string. And you can't see the hash string here because it's getting fed into the script. Um, here we go. There it is, okay, great. So the token data right there, that's what is in the actual token. So the token ID and then the hash. And that hash string right there, 0xc537, blah, 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 blah. If you take that hash string and plug it into the script, whether you're on a computer now or 30 years from now, or whether you're on you know Safari or Chrome or on your iPhone, it doesn't matter. Whenever you plug that string of characters into the script, it's going to produce the same exact output. And that's the value. I love it. And I guess this hash is the, I guess probably the block hash of the previous block. That seems like probably what it, what it does. And so you can also then think of this hash as itself an interpretation of, not an interpretation exactly, because it's a compression versus an expansion, which is interpretive, but a something like interpretation of the block that happened before uh, mm. this one. And so uh, really the, uh, the people, sorry, I said it's the protogenesis block. Yeah, exactly. The, the people who were I I I lost my uh my thing here. Where is my freaking thing? I lost my thing. The 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 people who were in that block doing whatever they were doing are actually the creators of our play or whatever. It's a joke, but like you know. Uh, so yeah, I I, um, right. I, I the, love this. The person that mints it really is the creator, right? Because they click the right, button. Because they choose the. 
second, and that second determined that hash string, and that hash string determined the artwork. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think um, I think that's just so cool. And yeah, as 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 Daniel mentions, like this is one way of doing it by like looking at this uh, string. But of course, if you want to, you can generate unlimited randomness from the string if you just hash it again and look at interpret that as a number and hash it again, hash it again, hash it again. Uh, but this has a certain um, appeal. Uh, I'm sure this is what you were thinking then and now, because you can kind of think about this like a hash function. No one knows what that is, really. But with something like this, you can kind of kind of get it. This is something that Dovetail came up with for the address a while ago, which was basically interpreting the address. So this is basically art blocks in a way, interpreting what is an address. <laughs> yeah. It's generative art minus the, the, the fancy platform. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'd love, you know, it's, it's, and it's, you look at the, the thing as a color. So you start with the left, you know, there's 42 uh, characters. If you include the zero X it's 40. And then you replace those with zero, zero, a little bit of a small thing. And then you read left to right. And those are seven uh, colors. Uh, Usually they don't look this good. This I had to take a bunch of tries to come up with uh, one yeah, uh, like that, which kind of defeats the whole purpose. Some of them but, do. I uh, was pretty happy with how my address uh, turned out when converted into colors. I thought it looked good. The ones that I painted all turned out really well uh, also. One of them is kind of muddy, but, but overall I, I think they came out well. For being random, they're good. Completely random. Well, think, you, uh, you know, only as it? random as the blockchain is, right. as someone's address is. Yeah, I think it's um... most most people aren't uh, choosing their their primary ETH address based on how it will look as seven stripes of color. Right. <laughs> well, they do want a bunch of zeros at front. This has like been a whole big controversy where you know people will use these generators that are way faster than my MacBook Pro, which is is it an M2? I don't know. I'll get figure this. They're faster. They give you an address zero 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 zero, but there's some kind of bias in how that chooses the private key. In Ethereum, the private key contains the address in it. So when people say the private key is your password and your address is your username, it's not really uh, quite true. So jumping back, you know, and this is something that one of the first things that I really saw of yours too, like Genesis, like I didn't I didn't quite remember, but I will until I relooked it. But I will I, I this one made a very big. Uh, impression on me at the time that I that I saw before I knew anything about you. I just thought this was awesome. <laughs> hilarious, uh, basically. And um, you know, uh, so this is yeah. Was this the first like playful one? Not like the other one isn't playful. Like all the stuff is playful, but like to me, like being like not like your grandpa's <laughs> generative art, like the based one. Is this the like... first based one? Yeah, this is like the first irrational one that probably didn't make sense to anybody. Yeah. Uh, it's also like one of the one of the first ones to use text. Um, I know there, there like there's a there's a project that had text already. I think like on chain, on chain something back then. It was just a loot one. I don't know where your thing fits with loot. It was this was before loot. But um, oh, yeah. sorry, I'm a very lame thing for me to say. Is it loot? No, it's like you idiot. Like ten years. Ago. <laughs> it was like it was like a like little smiley faces sideways, but like words. Um, but it, it was text based, and I think it was on chain, like fully on chain. I don't know for sure, but um, if that if that was not on chain, then this one would be the first fully on chain text based NFT, which I think might be accurate. I, I haven't fully researched it. Obviously, there's so much going on. There's probably stuff out there that happened I didn't see, but. I was excited about that, just bringing words into a work and um, just playing with meaning. Um, you know, I, I play with meaning a lot, just like uh, 
in my own practice and um in this case it's uh it's like the idea of uh putting together phrase uh words to create a phrase and that phrase may be irrational to us because we've never heard it and maybe that we don't have the context for it but it's a rational phrase if you say it enough times like regulated emoji human like this makes sense we don't know what the hell that means but if you say it enough times that you're like oh wait maybe it's talking about me like Oh shit! I'm a regulated. I feel that I am a regulated oh, emoji. Right. Actually, no, I'm more of a. Feel like you know everything. What about this yeah. one? Oh, this is a great one. Actually, this makes perfect sense. Keeper tripper. Yeah, that's a really this is good. Someone one. who's just obsessed with like reading white papers, like you, Dub. Actually, yeah, that's. <laughs> I think of you that way. I was gonna say, uh, I, I don't mean to talk about this every single podcast because I think I've brought this up in the last four episodes. But do you know about the Library of Babel? This is like a web a website that you can that you can go to, like the real deal. Yeah, so so it's like uh, you know every combination of characters and every yeah. combination of words possible, and it shows. Wait, does it actually exist out there? Yeah, yeah. Someone made a website oh, that does this. That's oh, awesome. yeah, we can search and we can just say oh, yeah, um, type in never Marfa. ending yeah or never ending white paper tripper and it's it'll be in here. So here we go. <laughs> I don't see Marfa on this. Okay, so we go to location in C two. Yeah, this so, is um, this is Hegel actually. Oh, they, I see. Uh, okay, they put so a... right there in the middle. So it's oh, literally a, just yes. every combination of possibilities in terms of letters and numbers and and uh, yeah. And then, so I mean, there must be trillions upon trillions upon trillions of combinations. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Probably dynamically generated. Of course. But they could it's say it's going to be one rational word amongst like. Hundred million, right? It's it's like the, characters. the monkey on typewriters kind of thing. Crazy, crazy! I love that. Yeah, could you put in here? But um, your 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 work reminds me of this. It's just like the the random combination of of yeah. words and synthesizing exactly. something out of that. Yeah, there's a there's that I can I that's very much relatable to what's what this is. The very first art blocks transaction. <laughs> Oh my god, the whole thing is that. That's a little creepy. Mm -hmm. What a coincidence. Okay, how about here? That's better. Okay, that's better. Oh my god, that is fucking crazy. That's creepy in a way to see that. <laughs> that is insane. It's um... every truth, every lie, you know. The the way that you're gonna die is you're in this library somewhere. Well, what every you... truth is definitely not in here. There's math oh, yeah. that says you can't write you... down all the truths or whatever. <laughs> You know, this sentence yeah, some, is a lie. It's some just philosopher is so mad at library. Some philosopher. Yeah, you can't. It doesn't work this way. You can't. You literally cannot write down all the true statements of of man. Hey, there's all kinds of stuff about this, but yeah, I mean, I think um, I think it's good to be based. Uh, I think this is sick. Uh, what when is this from? This is from 2021. So this is kind of a um, well. Let's and let's look at the old. Uh, let's look what the market says. Do you ever look at what the market says? Yeah, I kind of check in there every now and then now i'm not really too concerned with floor prices or anything at least for my own work because you know like there's reasons that are not necessarily for the art that prices fluctuate and i don't mm -hmm. want to go down the rabbit hole of thinking i gotta appease you know flippers or anything like that right but i do check in and just kind of see what things are trading at like when people buy my work i i want to um you know, make sure I understand like the commitment they've made by whatever price they paid for it too. You know, like somebody buys a Genesis and that might be six, eight ETH. 
I want to make sure that, you know, like I, I recognize that and um, the value that they're putting into the work, the, the trust they're putting into my practice and my career as an artist. Um, so like it's important for me to kind of keep an eye on on um, on the prices for that reason. That makes sense. Yeah, it's a fascinating question because it's like who wants to look at like the financialization like right in your face at the same time? You know, you can't. I mean, it's it's um it's just a re, you know, it's happening whether you whether you like it or or not, it's just you you have this ability to look. So, are these all on one contract, or how does this work? Or no? Yeah. So, um, all of these art blocks projects are on a single contract. I do believe that uh, the first three projects, so Genesis, uh, Construction Token, and Squiggle, were on a separate contract than all the rest that came after it. So um, after the first three projects, they I think they changed the contract and started a, a new one. And so all these projects are all on one con. Well, they're they, you know, to be honest, I don't know if it's our own contracts or if it's on. I think it's yeah, it's all in the same contract. Um, and then these works, these tokens are all just stored on the contract. You know, like the the token ID, the token hash string, and whenever you look at the work in the browser, um, you know, the the browser is uh, basically grabbing the script from the blockchain and inject grabbing the token hash injecting it in and then you're seeing it live in the browser right so the actual image doesn't exist on the blockchain just when you see it live it's generated in real time right in front of your eyes and you're looking at a live real-time work of art yeah, we talked about before um, does it look different in, in different browsers no no no. it's uh it's browser agnostic it's scale agnostic i mean whether you zoom in or zoom out it should always be the same exact image and we go at least i i i know many artists go go through a lot of pain and suffering to make sure that our code is browser compat cross browser compatible you know mm -hmm. like uh, and and that it can scale because if you zoom out and you get a totally different hash you know the the Random number generator will produce a totally different set of values if you zoom out, um, because if it's reading like the width of the screen or the size of the screen, and so a lot of energy goes into making these things uh, like uh, you know consistent. Is and it pays final, off. Is the final image an SVG? In this case, no. These are just um, like running live on you know via the script via JavaScript. Um, in but it is possible to make SVGs, like um, oh, okay. a couple other projects That's I have. Are yeah, other artists do that. Um, I think Meridian by Matt DeLaurier is uh, an SVG. Um, and so, you know, SVGs are extra special, at least in my mm -hmm. eyes, because they're truly infinitely scalable. Like you can blow it up the size of a skyscraper yeah. and it's perfect resolution. And that's just like the coolest thing. Do you ever think about what would happen if like JavaScript stopped getting support? Yeah. Um, that would, I don't know what would happen, but I mean, it's going to up, you know, there's going to be changes in the future. And I right, think all right. these sort of uh, instances are stored somewhere. Um, JavaScript is so widespread that yeah. it's, you know, it's not going to go away. Even if it's, it's not, if it's no longer supported, it doesn't matter because we're using like a very specific, um, like for example, the P5 script is version 1.0. Hmm. Um, so like right now P5 is like at version like 1.5 or even two, I don't know what it's at, but it's, you know, right. it's, it's moved on, but we're still kind of using these tools that are like, they have long-term support and they've been proven to, to work. They're not going to change anymore. 
Um, so you know, we uh, we and I know Artblox tries to uh, really keep things as stable as possible. Uh, P5 is entirely on the blockchain now. Uh, it's been uploaded, um, and obviously JavaScript. I don't know what that's if that's on that. I doubt that's on a blockchain anywhere, but um, yeah. So there's always that possibility, but it's it's ubiquitous. ubiquitous <laughs> what's that word? Ubiquitous. Yeah. yeah ubiquitous. Enough that it's uh, that there's always going to be a way to kind of obtain the yeah. right the JavaScript to generate the scripts. I think that JavaScript's true. also obsessed. <clears throat> sorry, with 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 this not breaking thing. So a little piece of nerd trivia for all my nerd fam out there. So if you're using a programming language, you know there's something called an array, and sometimes an array, like you know, five things can have an array in it. So you can have uh, an array one, two, three, four, and then the fifth element is the array eight, ten. Right, and sometimes it makes sense to do what's called flatten the array and create an array that's just you know primitive things in it, just numbers, for example, no arrays in it. The arrays get flattened. So my example, one four five eight ten, not one four five array of eight ten. And so you use JavaScript, you know that the way to do that is to call use a function called flat. It's dot flat. And in basically every other language, it's flatten. Like, what do you want to do? You want to flatten it. You don't want to flat it. And the reason it's dot flat is because someone a long time ago, if you can believe the name, a library, a web programming library for JavaScript called Moo Tools, like the cow. <laughs> so this is like pretty not serious. Although it's kind of based, I, I guess, in its own way. They created a method called, a function called flatten that conflicts. And so JavaScript had to determine, are we going to F over Moo Tools? The people still using Moo Tools? Or are we gonna name it something that doesn't make sense? So uh, I think that's a, um, a pretty safe, uh, mm -hmm. a pretty safe bet. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, I think, uh, I mean, SVG is nice, but SVG can be hard to, in the end, you need a bitmap type file to actually show up uh, somewhere. And how you get from one way to the other is, is kind of tricky. I mean, you're using Canvas in this, you know, with Canvas, it's kind of even, you know, trickier uh, there. So it's, you know, it's, it's gradations, but I think if you, if you have a good a web browser, a web browser can look at it. Uh, you know, I think you're in a pretty good situation because the Space Jam website still works or whatever. You know about the Space Jam website, Dove? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's really good. Here, I love Space, Space Jam. Jam. Space oh, Jam Michael was like Gordon perfectly, like when I was a little kid, Space Jam was still, I remember having it on VHS and watching it. So this is part of my cultural milieu. Nice. This might, this might be the oldest part of my cultural milieu of, of things that I know and understand, but but yeah. This is your Genesis work viewed from 20 years from now. It'll look like this to our yeah. you know, well, children. Yeah, I, I, I was curious because Artblocks is one of the things that inspired me to think about blockchain longevity in a, a more serious and a more artistic way. And I, and I remember when I learned about Artblocks, I was like mad at it because I was like, they don't even store the picture. So how can it be? And I was like, I, I didn't I just didn't understand at the time. I just didn't have like the breadth of understanding to know like why you guys made the right decision, mm -hmm. which now I now is now I'm totally like, oh, they're so smart to only put the code. If you put the image, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but I made this art project where. I purposefully used a file format that I expected I expect to fail soon so <laughs> that you know you could say you know it's here for a limited time it's not browser agnostic uh it's gonna go away like it's gonna be weird um but yeah I, I love I don't actually think it's gonna go away I've been seeing it more and more by the way like longevity of 
blockchain is great. Everyone agrees Ethereum will be around for a very long time. Longevity of computer software or programming languages or file right. formats, like a lot more iffy on, on how long that's going to be. Does everyone agree that off pod dubs the biggest like blockchain bear, blockchain skeptic. And then he gets on pod and he's like, Ethereum's going to last forever. Everything's all good. Well, like, Ethereum, Ethereum you know, the, the common consensus is that Ethereum will last a long time. I think it's very reasonable that in 10 years, no one is using Ethereum anymore because <laughs> there's just a better L1 to use. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for all intents and purposes, Ethereum will last. Forever. Well, in 10 years, Dove, we will all be dead, unfortunately, if you listen to like <laughs> yeah. the AI people. Because, and it's quite uh, frightening. But, you, you know, know for now, we're going to do the chaos dunk. Is that weak? Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, let's go to the let's go to jump station and have our move to the next segment. So one thing that I remember vividly from the Sov Museum, which everyone should check out, it's on cyber so slash Sov Punk, something like this. Unreal Sov on Twitter. Great, you know, curating and great guy and how we all met in there. You had some AI stuff in the green room. I remember this vividly and uh, that was very cool. I could not find it. Is does it exist? What does it mean? The green room, uh, well, it was since it was an exhibition, it was only up for a duration of time. And I'm just saying, any of your AI stuff for I, I just couldn't even find oh. it, put it on the screen here. Oh, yeah, no, it totally exists. It's, um, I, I've never sold it, I've never offered it for sale or anything like that. It was just kind of like a little experimentation I did. Um, but I, I launched those on, um, Foundation, I think it was Foundation. Uh, it was an edition of, I think, 13 of them. It's been a while since I've even looked at it. and I'm not good with numbers, but um, I think there was 13 of them, and uh, they just kind of sit in my wallet, kind of, you know, out of sight. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they were special for me because um, so at that time, um, you know, MidJourney was around, and it still is, but um, it was just kind of like a newer tool. Um, mm -hmm. I was lucky to get access to MidJourney pretty early. Um and I was playing with it when it was it was free for a long time because I was like a beta tester, I guess. And um, so the guys in the Discord, the, the Midjourney Discord, were basically just like, hey, mint as much as you can or generate as much as you can so we can test the system and whatnot. I was on there like just generating the craziest shit like nonstop for days and days and days and days and days. Like, it, like I stopped coding and I just generated for months you know oh, like yeah. a month at least and i got to the point where i was like well first off i was hallucinating like ai shit when i was going to sleep but also um i i was able to kind of like you know explore the space in a creative way and um what i did was i i wrote a script and kind of like that gen gen 3 project which is a whole bunch of words random words picked out of you know to make phrases i just generated a script that combines words from various topics that i you know come up with myself so like i i i'm interested in rocks and geology and landscapes and i'm interested in very particular artists and sculptors and that kind of stuff so i, I made these lists of words like mm -hmm. 30 words for a rock you know like 30 different artists i like 30 different ways to describe a landscape you know 30 different colors and i just used a script to combine phrases and then i just plugged them into mid-journey and i did this like all day long until i found this like vein and what i mean by that is um because the latent space is like so massive that 
like whenever you type in a, a prompt, you, you, you'll get any random thing, right? And it's, some of it's really cool and some of it's just like mishmash of nonsense. But um, what I learned is that searching through this space by changing the prompt so much, there's certain pockets of like where one prompt really triggers a lot of really good imagery. Yep. And I found this one prompt uh, that generated all these images and I really loved it because what it was doing is it was just like the, the prompt didn't change between these outputs, but it's describing this place that like doesn't exist in real life and it's giving me different perspectives of it. And, um, it, but there's a consistency amongst the outputs, you know, the green, the emeralds, the, uh, like the, the, the smooth forms. And it was just like really interesting. Like I felt like I stumbled into like a little placer deposit of, uh, you know, of a gemstone or something in, in the mountainside where you walk into like a cave of gems and you're just like, holy shit, like everything in here is beautiful. Right. And so I just kept playing with that prompt and, and just generating these outputs and, well, it's the prompt. No, you don't have to tell us. You don't have to tell us. But like, you're really teasing us here with this. Like, secret prompt. It, it's not a secret. It's just like it's probably like 30 words that are just irrationally placed side by side. Yeah, yeah. And prompts probably, are remember, never like, pretty. Yeah, they're not pretty at all. I There's think like people like ex people expect AI prompts to be like beautiful oceanside scene with woman standing and birds in the background shot in a Nikon H. You know, it's like it's right. it's never. I'm that. a Canon guy. That's not pretty to me. I don't like that kind. <laughs> I'm yeah, a Canon guy. Doesn't so, care at all. Like it, it's just looking for an interesting combination of characters and. Um, right, right. But the the weird thing is is that nobody ever will come up with that same sequence of characters, right? Because like 30 characters uh, yeah. that are irrationally placed side by side is kind of like the Library of Babylon. Like the chances of stumbling on that exact phrase are, yeah. you know, one in trillions, or I guess, or whatever. And yeah, you'd, you'd like, have to you'd have to have the same brain as the person who yeah. created the prompt. Yeah. So to that's know what all the same references that they know to have all the same preferences. It's mm -hmm. it's it's really strange, yeah. Right. It's like I mean, it's it, it, the the prompt really becomes unique to the person who makes it. I think. Yes, hundred percent. So it becomes a game of prompting, and it becomes like that. Like 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 the creativity is not in the output that you're looking at, but it's in the prompt itself. And you know, like we can maybe someday claim claim those prompts as our own. Who knows? But. But in long story short, this that's what this artwork is about, and it was installed in um, in Piv's uh, on Cyber Gallery in this, and it just happened to have this beautiful room. It's called the Green Room, and um, the the walls are all green, and it just these works just really resonated in there, and it was like meant to be, and uh, it's just a really really beautiful room. And these so, are I mean, not for sale. These are your these are you created them in your private uh, collection. Yeah, yeah, these are in my private collection. I, I, it's I interesting never... that you chose to to mint them because I feel like a lot of times when I like make mm -hmm. work that I don't intend on selling, I'm like I don't want to waste the gas to to mint these. <laughs> well, the thing is, is uh, in order to get anything on Cyber, it's got to oh, be right. in an NFT form, and so yeah. I thought, well, it doesn't hurt to mint them. You know, yeah, it was kind of pricey on the gas side, but yeah. uh, you know, compared to like some of the shit I had to do for art blocks, like uploading. <laughs> like right no big deal you know so just went ahead and did it and i'm glad i did because now it's kind of like you know it's permanent and 
even if I change yeah, you my put mind. the date on it. I mean, with AI stuff, for me, the date is the most important thing because it's in a way it's the whole thing because it's like the thing is changing so fast. Like there's a then period of time love, you would look at this. You must love October twenty two. Is that? Oh yeah, 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 I didn't get my favorite one as a dove a dove collection that I did not get my favorite one in, but I did get my favorite date, which is it having a date because I feel like if you showed this to someone at one date, they would say, "Oh my god, I can't believe." Hey, I did that. In a different day, wait, they say, okay, this is cool, but you know, right. this is AI. We're living in an AI world. And now yeah. you look and say, oh my God, I can't believe AI did that. How'd you, how'd you do that? You know? So I think yeah. for me, my challenge for you is recreate this with Midjourney version five. And if you can do that, then you deserve the crown of yeah. ultimate AI God. It reminds That's me a lot crazy. of like, you know, growing up. I remember growing up and we, we upgraded from a PS1 to a PS2 and it felt like video game graphics can never be better than this. Gran yeah. Turismo 4, it's never going to look as good as it does right now. This is this is the peak. And then every new console generation, the PS3, it's like, well, okay, now this is the peak. You never think yeah. it can get any better. It's, it's, how it always it's does. nuts. That, that's nuts. Like, just even... Like you play the new console for a couple of weeks and then you play your old console and you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Midjourney uh, version five has been blowing my mind to some of the stuff people do. I, you can still, t I, I hate when people go, uh, can you tell this is AI? Yes. I don't care what it is. You can always, right. they, they always have this AI quality to them, no matter how good they careful, are. Careful, always. I don't know. But, careful with but, that. But V5 is is really blowing my mind. I'm a Dolly uh, stan. I only use Dolly for my art. Oh, cool. But, but Midjourney is, uh, has been impressing me. Mm -hmm. But now here's my serious question. It's like, look at all this stuff. And you mentioned this on, on Twitter, Dev. It has a very, you know, call it quote unquote photorealistic feel to it, right? Uh, does it make it harder to do uh, heavily and coolly stylized things? Yes. This is not, yes. you know. Yeah, well, so well Midjourney is interesting because it has all these little buttons and dials, and you can say, Midjourney, I want this not stylized at all. Or you can say, Midjourney, I want you to do a lot of style on this one. And it has these little knobs that you can kind of tweak and, and do things with. So I don't think I will. That, uh... the, the other thing that's really interesting is that you can uh re go back to old versions so yeah, you can cool. type in a mid-journey prompt and say i want to use mid-journey v1 on this and and it'll for do it for you for now yeah yeah but uh, yeah you know it's it's yeah, it is interesting and buy a ps1 for at oh. fries you can't even go to fries i'm sure i'm sure it's bankrupt if you are reading this listening to this out there and you can re recreate recreate this using mid-journey 5 <laughs> fallen sky grasslands then you will win a bounty and okay, you will get a man. lot of good stuff, including several Capsule 21 NFTs and five ETH. So no, you won't get any ETH. That's 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 fake. But please, I want to put this out there as a challenge. I think it is impossible to do, which is why I think AR AIR is so cool. So I have a small, um, and this is all this is a transition and also a confession. It's a trans uh, fashion. So people mention that writing prompts is important and sometimes hard. Well, what about this prompt? And look at my prompt, how like, I, I was racing to do this like two seconds before the thing. So I wrote a brain dead prompt, basically, uh. <laughs> like he is doing art called blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, I really, uh, this is not how I would actually describe you, uh, Daniel, but I was really trying to just go fast and type it in and see what it said. So this is not a good prompt. Maybe it is a good prompt, but it's not a good sentence. Uh, but I did capitalize on a joke. 
You left out the prickly creativity part, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I like that. prickly creativity. I, yeah, I, I didn't, you know, and then I go down here. You can see the rest here. Uh, here are some, okay, because color rabbitelli, spoiler, I want to ask you about that later. Uh, generative yucca scapes. That's so why I was like, nice. What's the meaning behind yucca scapes? What's the pun? <laughs> it's like, well, it's a playful combination, you effing moron. Like, look at <laughs> wordplay. Don't you know wordplay? So, anyway, um, <laughs> I just think this idea, and this again, why I think quote unquote early, I guess, or very super late. Is it early AI or late? Because it's like AI has been trying for 40 years and hasn't done anything, and now it kind of blew up. But like early, I'll still call it early. It's just so fast because it's like, oh yeah, the prompt generation. I got like the, I got finally this. It's just telling me I'm a moron because I can't, you know, it's like you, 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 uh, it's going to take over and kill is kind of my, yeah. my it's main concern. trying to happen. If it's, if it's a possibility, then it's likely to happen. <laughs> yeah, it is. But, it is uh, terrifying. So let's, yeah, ChatGPT is great too, though. I do use that quite often myself still i use it to help me write my emails and that kind of stuff so me, me as well my, does that, my brother is a uh, a journalist he you know he's very well studied and has a career and all this and i told him that i've been doing that i was like you know i, I love chat gbt i use it to respond to texts i use it for emails i use it for this he he's like please like as an english major as a professional <laughs> journalist i beg you not to do that like please do it yourself like, oh, I don't know. It's news. pretty dang convenient. That's awesome. You know, you're it's game over. By the uh, way, do you want to look? I just I went into my Dolly history, and I know that you're prompt prompt lord, uh, Middle March. Yep. So I'll share with you the the prompt for one of my rendered uh, pieces. Oh, nice. I, I think that this is this is fun. This is interesting. Is this for broadcast or is this? Oh, you did. Yeah, yeah. You can. I read it. This. Yeah, pull okay, it up on the screen and read this. it. Yeah, that's it. Okay. They're all different, but this is one of the ones that I think was interesting. <laughs> wow. So what if Twin Peaks didn't exist? How would anyone generate freaking art? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Counter-Strike Source is in here? Counter-Strike Source is so basic, though. But I guess you got to touch the touch points. Brutalist, I get that. Yep, macro photograph, art trailer. Um, How long does it take you to put this together? I mean, it depends. So I usually with AI, I get in these like Mary Shelley Frankenstein kind of moods where it's like one night, like feverishly in my room, like I'm just like prompting yeah. and I go through like three purchases of 115 credits on Dolly until I can make something. Um, but yeah, so it takes like a couple hours of just kind of brute forcing prompts and trying to trying to come up with something that looks good and you you delete words and go oh when i said counter-strike it really fucked it up so i gotta take that out or, <laughs> yeah you know exactly. just adding certain words really like well, you said like it's like photography nerds yeah ai still can't get fonts right that should be connected the f and the i there in a ligature so Oh, yeah, humanity is safe. You can't have an F and a dot of an I like that. That's not correct. So humanity, although they do connect down here. So maybe actually I don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe they did think of this. Humanity is effed. But yeah, it's like all your own little personal references. I love X-Files. I love Twin Peaks. I love Silent Hill, Resident Evil, Half-Life 2. Like, <laughs> these are like the things that I like and I want to be aesthetic of. And I just, you know, Yeah, the prompt says a lot about you, right? Yeah. But they're yeah. before your time. All of these are before your time. That's not true. The X-Files? You, you spent a lot of time watching the X-Files growing up? Yeah, I remember going to sleep as a kid, and my bedtime 
was around the same time that X-Files would come on TV. And I remember trying to fall asleep in my bedroom and hearing through the door, and I that that scared me. And I had a hard time falling to falling asleep because I you know, had amazing. to listen to the X Files theme. Theme. So by way of transition, now you finally get your thing, Dove, the thing you spoiled. <laughs> Marfa is a place in Texas. Tell me about Marfa. Daniel. It's uh, the middle of nowhere. What does it mean to you? <laughs> it's, a, it's in the desert. It's actually on the uh, northeastern edge of the Chihuahua Desert. And the Chihuahua Desert stretches all the way down through Mexico. And um, So it's a desert. It's a desert environment. There's cactus. There's succulents. There's uh, not very much water. Temperatures fluctuate, like scorching hot during the daytime and then frigid cold at night. Um, dry as hell. Uh, but uh, but it's a it's a town that has a really interesting history in terms of art because in the '80s, famous artist Donald Judd came went from New York uh, out to Marfa and he chose that town to settle in. It was pretty much a dead town. There was nothing really there. Very few people, old abandoned buildings. But uh, he had a lot of money from his art practice in New York, and so he bought a lot of properties down there, and he set his life out there, and um, and he built sculptures, and he built, yeah, pretty much sculptures. I was going to say paintings, but uh, he stopped painting and then just dedicated himself fully to sculpture. Um, they, and they uh, make it himself? Because I know from Donald Judd that he let make most of the things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. He... Um, a lot of times he did not build his own work. Sometimes he did, though. I think uh, his father was... Oh, yeah, that's beautiful, the stacks right there. Um, he, his father was a mill worker and knew how to you know, use wood, and so he learned a lot of uh, like carpentry tricks through there. Um, but he's famous for a lot of reasons. One is uh, minimalism, which you know, he does not describe his work as minimalistic, but um, as a minimalist... He uh, really simplified objects to the point where they were just like, you know, the the essence of them, um, like cubes and boxes and things like that. But also, kind of like what you're mentioning, uh, Piv, is that he is one of the also early pioneers, because there's a few others that did this, that wrote contracts. And really, it's like the, the contract had the plans on how to build the work. So when... Yeah. A, collector bought the work they weren't buying the sculpture necessarily they were buying the contract to be able to make the work and then they could get the work fabricated somewhere else and so in a way um that's where it relates to, to smart contracts in a way kind of like what we're doing right we're, when we buy a piece of artwork on art blocks we're not buying the actual image we're buying you know like the the interaction with the contract um and also another reason that's really interesting that relates to generative art is that because he made these boxes, he played with configurations of them and like iterations of them. In particular, he has a work called um, "A Hundred Works in, Alum- in Milled Aluminum," which are these boxes that are just solid aluminum panels that are assembled, and um, they're all different. There's a hundred of them. They're huge. Yeah, those are them right there. And they're all, um, you know, they're all different configurations of the same idea. They all fit within the same box footprint, but there's, you know, in some of them, the panels are diagonal and some of them they're open and some of them they're stacked. And 
it's that iteration, I think, that kind of plays with this idea of generative art. Um, obviously, it wasn't called that back then, but it's, you know, uh, variation within a theme. And so, you know, he is exploring that and the contract stuff. And I think it's very fitting to what is happening on the blockchain with generative art. It's, it's in the similar vein. Um, and so um, it, it just so happens that Artblocks, uh, so my brother, Eric, he's the one that founded Artblocks, and he's really the, the mastermind behind the entire platform. Um, and uh, he chose Marfa as the headquarters uh, for various reasons. But, you know, the Donald Judd thing is also, you know, a cherry on top. It's, oh, it's yeah. a great place to be. Uh, you know, it's a, you're out there isolated with nothing to do except look at art, and you're you're surrounded by landscape. And in my opinion, Marfa is all about the landscape because when you go and visit, you see it. When you go back home, all you remember is like this perfect horizon. You know, it's out there, this endless horizon of space uh, that sticks with you. You know, when you return home from your vacation or whatever, and and if there's beauty there, the sunrises, sunsets, it's just incredible. And um, it's a really quiet place though for most of the year, but they have events and, and they have the Marfa open and a couple others. And, and people come from all over the world to visit, you know, like collectors from New York, collectors from California, from all the major art hubs. Um, it's a desk. It's an art destination now. And that has caused a lot of tourism to, 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 you know, be attracted to Marfa and the town has grown. There's a lot of little shops there and uh, boutique hotels and, um, you know, just things like that. And that's really what the town has become. And now, now that Arblox is there, you know, like they have their, uh, their open house, uh, once a, a year and the last, they've done it two years now. And it's been a major, major hit, major success. Like people come from all over the world. Uh, we all, we all meet out in the desert. We talk about NFTs and crypto for, you know, three days and it's just, everyone's super positive and supportive. It's, it's a cool ass place. I'll just say that it's hard to get to, but it's worth it. I gotta go. I gotta really go. Cool. I yeah. think. Um, also, yeah, I think once... there's something about the dry weather. You know, I'm from the Northeast or live there now, and just like dampness. It's you know, there's just something about. Mm -hmm. You got on my case weather. last time. I said you were from the north. You were like, I'm not from the north. I just live there. I'm from Miami, which is also incredibly <laughs> damp. So it's six to one, half a dozen the other here. So yeah. it's it's um. That's very when's cool. Your, I did not know. When's your next uh, open house? It's actually this coming September. Um, they they posted in the Artblocks Discord, I think on their maybe on their Twitter page every now and then. But um, they're changing it up. I think it's going to be more days. I think in the past it was just two two days. This one's three or four. Mm -hmm. It's just um, yeah. It's it's it, and they're moving it up in time because November is like. That it's like that bipolar weather, weather where it's like freezing yeah. and then hot, freezing hot. Yeah. So they're bringing it up a little bit closer to September, and the weather will be more favorable. You know, so that's exciting. I should yeah, try to. We gotta go. To Put it on the Capsule Twenty One credit card. It's free, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let you me know, pull that um, out. Yeah. missed. It's quite the event. I think it's one of my favorite events of the year. So maybe I skip NFT NYC. What do you think? What's better, this or NFT NYC? Martha, hundred percent better. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, yeah, the Donald Judd connection is interesting. I I didn't know that. I've I've uh, liked Donald Judd's work for most of my life because he has a lot of work for whatever reason at the Detroit Institute of Arts mm. um, in, in Michigan where I grew up. 
That's like the place that we always went on field trips. And as a kid going through art museums, I remember seeing that stack, the one that I showed on camera, and thinking, what is what the hell is that? Like as a kid in an art museum, you're expecting, you know, art, right. you know, capital right. A art. And then you see all these like, just like weird looking aluminum blocks on the wall. It's like very strange. And that was yeah. like one of the, I think like his, Donald Judd is like my, my first as a human being interaction with, uh, you know, sculpture art and like kind of contemporary, like postmodern, mm -hmm. postmodern art. So that's a I good like one to, yeah, that's a good way to get exposed to that stuff because uh, his work is, I mean, it's iconic, you know, like it can't really yeah. get any more simple in terms of making right. forms and. Right. But it's the, it's like, it's so simple, but it's so striking. Yeah. Like it's, super it's very beautiful to see in person. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So your latest, this is an example. Yep. That's Bosco. What are we looking at right now? So this is um, Bosco Chapultepec, which is a project that um, actually what we're looking at here is an early, early rendition of it. Um, but it's a project that launched in Mexico City with Bright Moments. And Bright Moments is a platform, an NFT platform that uh, they travel the world and launch projects that you can only mint in person. Well, you can mint nowadays with uh, a delegate, but uh, but you can only mint it there at the event. So it's kind of like requires your attendance, you know, and it requires people to congregate and meet and and uh, and have like a, a physical uh, gathering to be able to create and mint to to. to release these works from the algorithm and so uh, it's a it's an interesting idea and they've been kind of doing stuff in different cities they went to london they went to berlin new york um, right now they went to mexico city in october or i'm sorry november and up next they're going to tokyo and maybe after that who knows where right but uh, they're planning on doing 10 cities and at each city they pick out about 10 artists to have on display and to be the ones that people who, who uh, whose work gets minted by attendees, and uh, I was chosen for uh, Mexico City. Um, I was actually born there, uh, so it actually it, you know worked out. Um, and I had this fond memory of a park in Mexico City called Chapultepec, and Chapultepec is like a Nahuatl word, like a native word for a grasshopper so it's grasshopper hill uh, is the name of this park and um you know i grew up seeing that park and visiting as a kid and whatnot and when i was prompted with like hey you want to make a project for bright moments i thought yeah i don't know what to do you know and I, that the park just popped into my mind and i was like ah oh, it's such a magical place so i i can use this platform to elevate this park to make people know the name to hear the name and know it's a pretty you know pretty place with nature and uh so i, I kind of latched onto that and i created this project which is uh 100 outputs and it's different uh views of this park uh at least just trees um the type of trees that are there mm -hmm. uh, you know if you walk through the park you see these kinds of trees and these images actually like correspond with the feeling of that park it's very tropical, but also like urban because it's in the middle of a huge urban jungle. Um, and so, uh, you know, the, the project was that it's creating a way to kind of uh, express this place in a way that people can 
learn about it, maybe visit it. And a lot of collectors that were in Mexico, they, you know, they minted the work and then they walked through the park and were like, ah, oh, we're at Chapultepec, check it out. <laughs> They're like taking pictures of trees and like showing them next to like my work. And I was oh, yeah. like, that's, 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 that's what Wait, it's all about. Is this park named after Danny? So <laughs> I love this look. I think is that just on the most basic level, right? This is art box, question mark. Uh, so same fundamental yeah. building oh, blocks yeah. here. Absolutely. Yeah, this is, uh, well, Bright Moments uses Artblocks technology behind the mm. scenes. So all of these projects that they have are on chain. They're minted through the Artblocks Minter. Uh, they're, you know, scale agnostic, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, this and is so you are looking at the seed and deciding, you know, because obviously it's like a lot more complicated than, you know, <laughs> the thing from 840 days ago, but it's like you have to decide, okay, you right. know, not just the colors and so forth, but like the is there a tree and then the branches and whatever. And so all of this comes from just a random a one, one number. Yep. All this comes from a single token hash. It's, it's really cool because um, from looking at your work today, like your other three art blocks projects, like the gen ones, the Genesis mm -hmm. ones are very like abstract. Um, but then it look it seems like your work outside of art blocks has been kind of more like naturalistic. You had like yeah. the rocks and then you, with the AI, you were doing this kind of geology, kind of like environmental type scene. And so this is this is really cool. This is like a synthesis of of the uh, of maybe of your of your portfolio, like your your backlog, to finally do a generative project that kind of uses these these themes. I think that's really cool. Yeah, you know, like it, it's 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 crazy because I I'm I'm seeing my artwork evolve and I'm feeling it mm -hmm. evolve, and it's also a factor of like coding you know like coding is a lifelong pursuit like learning how to code is a right. lifelong pursuit and the more you do it the better you get and the better you get the more you can do with it and the more you can do with it the more vivid your work becomes and so it's like it's weird because you know like i'm learning to code through this whole process and it shows in the work you know like the work's getting yeah. it's reflecting you're, you're my to, knowledge uh express yourself much more like the more mm -hmm. proficient you become with your tools whether that's coding or with a paintbrush or on a piano like you know no matter what the no matter what the medium is the, the more proficient you are the more expressive you can you can be right and I, th I think that this is this is really cool this is like this makes that very apparent i love that but if you were to offer some advice because you know reader listeners of podcasts like how can i be you know an amazing uh, artist also me you know it's like how to how to get better at your craft basically and so can you offer because i'm you know i'm programmer guy but when i look at this right i'm like kind of how would i do that exactly because it's like you can't just have a lookup table that says hey if it's this there's four of them right it right. seems like there's some kind of um you know generative thing where you maybe start somewhere and it grows from you know, from there or something, or like just you know, some, give us a little magician secrets revealed. Like how how would uh, you know someone approach uh, creating something that kind of has this overall coherence uh, uh, to it, where different parts seem to depend on, on on one another, and so therefore there's a ton of permutations, and so selecting this from you know manually seems impossible, basically, to create something cohesive uh, like this. So just any any tips for someone like you know trying to get get absolutely. good absolutely there's there's tons of tips because i'm a i'm an educator on the side you know i teach at the university of houston so i'm always thinking of ways to communicate things to people like how to how to do this kind of stuff and yeah 
Uh, wait, what were you saying, Piv? Sorry. Oh, Piv, Piv got oh, rugged. He's frozen. frozen. But it's it's interesting. You probably taught some of my friends who who yeah, have gone to the University of Houston. Um, well, I'll, I will say that I approach coding um, like uh, from maybe like pretty obsessively. Um, you know, I start with an idea and then I implement it roughly just using code, and then I don't like it. Then I start over again. And, you know, and I keep doing that over and over, like just restarting and restarting and restarting until I have something that I think feels good. But um, but I will say that, like, from Genesis to this kind of work, some of the um, some of the changes I've kind of or tricks I've learned myself are you really have to think about every single tiny little element. And I hate to say that, but that's what it takes. Like you have to think about every single tiny little thing. I mean, whether like the branching is going to be a certain way or not, whether there's too many leaves on the branches, whether the trunk is too thick or too thin, or, you know, like how many plants are going to be in the scene, the cut, like, like those are absolutely necessary. And the way I've learned to enter into this world of nature and representation through my work is I started with a point. And from that point, you know, I draw a single other point, right? And from connecting those points, I draw a line. So if the most fundamental thing you can do in art is create a point, then this entire work you're looking at is built on those points, on those fundamental elements. To build a tree, you have to set a point randomly, right? And then draw a single line upwards, right? And then from that point, you have to draw another line and then another line and another line and another line. And so I've learned to like basically drive these lines as they grow, right? Like I've learned to just work with points and lines and fundamentally at the very base of all these projects I'm creating, all it is is points and lines. Like that's all it is stored. In, really, it's all just points and the lines connecting them. But it's all stored in arrays, right? And so like to get into this world where you can really express through these elements, at least in my mind, is you have to sit down with a pencil and paper, you know, and a big sheet of paper and maybe like a piece of charcoal because it helps to have like real big, deep lines. But you draw a, a draw a point and then draw a line and then sketch out a shape and then think to yourself, how in the world did I just create that shape with my hand? You know, right. just don't draw any curves, right? If you can do it without drawing any curves, then you can start thinking about, well, there's got to be a way to be able to reproduce this using points. And if that means that most of the points are going to travel, you know, negative 45 degrees from the previous one before they start turning, you know, some other degree, then you have to kind of understand that, that, that what you're doing in real life, you have to be able to translate that into a somewhat of an algorithmic process. And that's what I've spent most of the time with, like with these projects, is that very fundamental level of dealing with points and how to grow them into shapes. And then once you have a shape, then you can start talking about color and texture and, and whatnot. Um, so I would say that like the best way to get into this world is to just like go back to the very fundamental element, which is the point, right? And, and think about how those, how you can add more to them um, how you can connect that with different lines and, and how those lines can form shapes. 
and that's that's really at the at the heart of it all. And I learned that because I I took on a plottables project and I created those really random rocks, mm. and that sort of forced me to think about points in life because that's for plotting purposes, right? Right. Um, and but that opened up the whole world to me in terms of how to make work, generative work that's different from the rest. That's kind of pushing into a representational realm, and I really so, I really value that a lot. So when you're making something like this, do you you said that you use like charcoal? So you you sketch these things out first to get kind of a rough estimate. Yeah. Do definitely. you still have these like prototype versions of your thing? I, I think that would be really cool to see. Uh, is the, is the, the print version? Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm going to bring my laptop over see if you can catch it. I have a couple of these plants that I made the other day. They're real simple, but I have them on my wall in this other room. Just real simple. Well, I love it. Hold like, on. Now I got to enlarge your, your thing here. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Well, anyway, you can see it. <laughs> I can't make it bigger in the stage, but that looks amazing. I mean, it's fascinating, yeah, yeah to me, yeah. to hear about... You know, and I, I want to put myself a little bit because, you know, we're, we look at things, we know a little bit more, maybe I don't know that much. I'm continued uh, beginner, but you look at this and you see, and this is the rocks, I assume, uh, that you're referring to just for the mm -hmm. viewers at home, but quickly back to our, uh, where is it? You look at this and you might think, okay, well, I saw green stuff before, the mid-journey stuff. I'm looking mm -hmm. at this now. Um you know, what's the difference? Like, they're just parts of an artist, whatever, he's doing one thing here, one thing here. And then you listen to your advice, right, on the mid-journey thing versus this thing. And on the mid-journey thing, you're basically saying, just try everything and 30 things, put it together, the different words, and then, you know, you're just yeah. trying to, like, do that. And then here, you know, you're basically starting from first principles, right? You're saying, okay, point, you know, line, uh, this kind of stuff. And uh, the output actually uh, doesn't look that as different as you would imagine it would based on those two pieces uh, uh, of advice. And I think that is just a fascinating, you know, thing. And then, you know, for those at home kind of listening and looking at them, it's like, you know, this is uh, kind of analogous to, I think is what I, my interpretation is analogous to what people in like the AI world call like good old fashioned AI. Like this is kind of how, you know, people thought AI would work basically. So you'd start and you'd say, okay, how do I build a system here? Uh, and then what actually happened is you just, fed in all of humanity's creativity and something weird happened and and, and then that that ended up really uh, uh working and so what you are seeing here uh when you look at this in my opinion is both something that is very advanced uh you know technologically speaking because you know not only do you need the web browser and canvas and javascript but also like you know you gotta really think about this and programming you'd be thinking like a programmer and also it's vintage right in a way right because it's just not the right quote unquote right approach according to you know, recent, you know, discoveries about how to generate stuff with, with computers if you're trying to really go big or whatever. So uh, I think that's just like a very, very cool thing for people uh, and myself to to kind of keep in mind that one direction, you know, versus the other. Mm -hmm. Really fascinating. There's an interesting Really fascinating stuff. You should, you should pull uh, this artist up. Here, I can, uh, I can bring up his MoMA page so you can put this on the thing. This is a Brazilian yeah, artist named uh, Valdemar Cordero, and he's like one of the original generative artists. Uh, him and Vera Molnar are like the two of my favorite like OG generative artists. Vera Molnar's work was not very... She made these kind of like abstract wow. things, like lines and things. This guy, uh, Valdemar Cordero, he... Uh, tried to do this same thing where, you know, back in the 70s, he, he was taking a computer and saying, okay, I can draw this thing. I can draw a portrait by hand 
but what if I sat down on a keyboard with a printer and I tried to to make that same that same magic happen? So, so you so did it for, manually? Yeah, this is. I think that's, this is manual, as far as I know. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, this is in the seventies. What's the exact year? Uh, nineteen seventy-one, and then printed in nineteen seventy-three. Oh wow! I'd never heard of that artist. It's a good one. I... Yeah, he he's not really ASCII cool. art, by the way, I, because I there's this, some non-ASCII characters in this. I think of this guy as like you know, this is the seventies version of uh, Math Castles mm. of uh, of what those things are called because they're yeah. like these ASCII things. And he did a bunch of these too. Um, I'll pull up another uh, link here. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the one I was just about to send you. That one to me is like whoa. And then that you can incredible. kind of see the math castles thing, where it's like you yeah, know, this, this thing. Um, Do you know what these are, Dove? <laughs> this when uh, I was growing up, this was actually a huge cultural phenomenon. I remember those too. I, I don't really know what it is. Like I, I can like I can intuit, but I, I don't know. It's not like part of you'll never life. know that's the thing you'll never know you, you <laughs> but, can but find anyway, out <laughs> it's cool it's cool because generative art is so fascinating it's had like this resurgence since art blocks and mm -hmm. it's cool to see you know now in 2023 we have artists like you and like so many other like really talented people kind of making these same things in like a much more advanced way and you're able to do so many more things and now you can incorporate color and you can incorporate true randomness and like real generative uh kind of things but anyway i just thought that was a good touchstone to to look backwards as well that's great color yeah i, I, I love this by the way there's a couple more things or go ahead go sorry sorry go ahead uh, i was gonna say i do find myself always looking back to artists from the 60s and 70s and seeing what i can learn from them you know because they they were doing it when when there wasn't a, a million options on the table you know right they just you just had the core, and so the core is like the hard part to get to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. It's yeah, they would look at really they look at our generation, well. say, "What? Are you kidding? You what? A computer did typing it, for it out? You? So lazy? Typing it out?" <laughs> <clears throat> so anyway, I think that's what they would probably say. So color, color was mentioned. You know, this is just a couple other. You know, I just want to be cognizant of time and your time and everything. So I want to just. Get all my feelings out on this one. And so, you know, I was looking at a video of yours, uh, another podcast, a lesser, much less. Now, I, I, it's not a competition here, but you, it was, it, there was a discussion in the podcast about color. And in particular, I think you were saying something about how like color doesn't exist, or that's my interpretation of it. It's like everything's about the context. And, um, right. you know, right. I was hoping you could regurgitate that for our audience because I really like that. And it also ties into some work that Piv and I did uh, together, which I could. Uh, pull up but um you know no pressure you don't have to actually yeah. regurgitate it but i so, thought that was a really good part of that oh no i'm glad you bring it up because you know earlier i said that like most of my time goes into figuring out these point and line relationships but the rest of the time goes into color like color consumes the biggest chunk of of time for a project because color makes or breaks a project period mm -hmm. you can have a couple of squares in a circle on a canvas and it looks like crap right but if you have the right colors, it can look incredible. And I didn't really understand color, like especially when I was working on Genesis, Gen 2, Gen 3, like those projects, I, I'd let the computer choose color randomly, right? Because I thought that was that was part of like the excitement with generative art. It's like everything can be random, color can be random, and it's just what you get. It's just what the algorithm puts out. But as I've moved on, I, I've, I've, I realized how important color is. And so I, I went, 
nose, you know, like head first uh, all the way into the deep end to understand what the hell color is to me. How do I understand this this realm? Something I've neglected. And I just, I, I spent like maybe a month and a half or so. I went to the library, just read books on color, looked at books, you know, looked at other artworks. I watched so many YouTube videos, some that are even like pointless to watch because they talk about like, you know, printing color, which is a whole nother story. But um, yeah, the but, RGB versus CMYK is. Yeah. yeah, that will, that's a rabbit hole that's not fun to, <laughs> to go through. But uh i i learned one very important uh principle and that principle is color relativity and that basically what that means is that um if you put like two colors side by side that are different um that that difference depends on what those what the color next to it is so for example like let's say you have a um a red square on a magenta background right um, that red might look greener or bluer or purple, depending on the color of that magenta, right? So by changing that magenta, but, but the color is constant, right? The color of that red square is constant. But if you change that background, it perceptually changes the color of, that you see that red square to be. Mm-hmm. And trying to understand how that works is um it's actually it's not too complex but there's one video i saw like one video that hit the nail on the head drove the point home when i saw that i was like holy shit this is real like it makes so much more sense now and uh, I, I can maybe find that video and link it later but um it's just like a like a Yo. random video it, it it made a world difference and so i after watching that particular video, I went back through my work and I was working on Marfa Yucca and I was working on Bosque de Chipultepec and I fine-tuned all the colors and everything just fell into place and they pop now, you know? Yeah, the they, color, they look beautiful. Yeah, it, the color is saying something and um, and that to me is like magic because I, I, I neglected color for so long. I didn't realize how important it was. And I look yeah, at other yeah. projects, like you look at Fidenza and you see how important color is. You look at Meridian and even uh, Ringers, you know, like Ringers are very bold, black and white, but there's like very specific bold the, colors. The yellows in the Ringers are so strong. When there's a yeah. yellow, it's like, it really punctuates the piece. Yeah, Right. It sets the tone. It it, it communicates like the, the desire, the message, mm-hmm. something. And uh, and so I I really have been focusing more than anything on color now. And um, and whenever I work on a project, I can, you know, put the code together probably like in a couple of weeks. Right. But then it takes obviously there's many more weeks after that, just fine tuning variables. But playing with colors and finding the right colors is probably the most difficult of it all. And it takes the most time and it it is the most important element finally in the work because it makes or breaks it. You know, so I, I learned a lot through that. And, and that's what you know the the concept's called color relativity and you can watch videos on there but uh, on youtube about it but um it 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 totally changed my game like it 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 was the answer i was looking for and Mm. it it solved it solves a lot for me so i I rely on that technique now uh for my work and like for example i'm working on some flowers right now and it's all about color (laughs) it's all about color so um yeah so if you haven't looked into that and you want to get into like you know well 
And speaking about, you know, Piv and the punks, like I'm sure that there's a lot of color decisions that come into play there, you know, and so I would recommend definitely check out color relativity as a topic on YouTube and, and just go into that rabbit hole because it pays off better than anything I've ever seen. So well, yeah, this well, was um, our this, kind of interpret. Yeah, it, it is actually just what you said. We These are like almost the compositions from uh, Joseph Albers. Mm -hmm. We put all the punk colors in different uh, combinations next to each other. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I, try, I was trying to pick a representative one, and um, I really like this because, oh, it's like this color, it's black. the zombie through the horn rim. And so when you see this in the zombie, it kind of looks green. It's part. It's green, right? But when you see this kind of in this composition, it obviously looks it looks blue, and it, and it looks kind of foreign, you know, to the to the green here, which is the other zombie. This is the zombie mole. So I wow. just think it's the uh, the coolest. Thing and it's really just something to every know, time about. Yeah, every every time you have this, you have to wonder: is is this really the the green or the, is this really the the clone clone red? Every time uh, with all these colors, you have it. So it's it's basically this these ideas. That's super cool. And, and Joseph Albers was one of the first major color theorists. Mm -hmm. So it's it's actually you know very very related to what we're talking about like color theory in general like these are color works these these are works that absolutely rely on color relationships so um yeah this was and this was a lot of fun to do banana for this reason you know because pib mentions if that's up is it really it and then you're making it and so you're kind of like trying to debug it or look at it's like what is going on uh right now where's the fixed point i'm falling uh into um but yes it was uh uh, it was great. So, okay, so we're we're running low. Uh, I think Piv mentioned to you something about this whole theme thing we do. And also I have one question I also want to ask you. So just I'll, I'll say mine first just because, like, it's a quick one. And I'm... So DCA is your Twitter and other places kind of tying your name together. It yeah. also is a, is a shorthand for dollar cost averaging. <laughs> it sure is. I, I follow that strategy myself, so. <laughs> I knew it! I knew it. That was what I wanted to ask you. Okay, so that's yep. a quick, that's a quick hit. So, um, yeah. I think through okay. through the entire 2017 to 20, like early 2020, through that whole you know peak and slump, I just I had like a straight like buy hundred dollars of ETH thing going, and um, and it actually you know was a profitable way to to do it. Um, so I just on Coinbase, I think I set that up and it doesn't matter what the price is. I just kept on buying each month, you know, and it's a nice little way yeah. to rack up some, some funds. I love it. I'm going to cut out this clip and say, okay, <laughs> this is the man himself. <laughs> he did the strategy. It worked. It's his, it his initials are that. What more do you need to think? And I'm going to play it to myself because I don't actually uh, do that. <laughs> and uh, I need Lump someone song. to convince me. Put it all in at once. And uh, all in at once, baby. And um, that would be great. So the theme. So, um, you know, we're into punks and other stuff too. And you don't have to be into it, uh, you know, totally. But we do this thing where it's very cute. And I don't know, did Pip, did Pip tell you about this? Yeah, he mentioned it. Um, you're talking about the Babylon game? Yes. Yeah, so that. just getting a sense from you, you know, we like to get the podcast guests involved. We have to pick a theme every week and people get to uh, mint according to that theme. So for example, if the theme was, 
you know, Mohawk Dark and uh, Luxurious Beard, then people could only mint things that had these two uh, traits. You know, this last week, we did seven traits. So you could mint anyone uh, who was a human and had seven attributes. So it was kind of a chaotic um, grand buffet uh, in a way. And so now... Um, and, you know, you don't have to, like, give us every, you know, detail and, you know, do our homework for us and everything. But uh, if there's any, uh, or you can, you can do the homework. If there's any trait or vibe in the CryptoPunk universe that is something that uh, has always amused you, um, you can tell us that. And then you inspire this this theme. Cool. So I will go with um, the classic traits of Snowfro's punk. And a punk that I used to own in the past is uh, Wild Hair. Shadow beard, classic, really good combo. Classic, wow, love it. Used to own in the past. Sorry, that's too good oh, of a hook. What? <laughs> what? You sold it? No, I you sold don't. it. But I got it for uh, you know my my brother. He's a uh, he he like claimed a lot. Of, he claimed a lot of punks when they you know first came out and uh, and I remember they were like three dollars or something. And he was like, hey dude, you should buy these punks. They're like three bucks. And I was like. Nah, man, it's too much. And because uh, they're just JPEGs, we didn't understand it, right? right and then he came right. back, like, I think it was a couple months later, he's like, hey, man, they're like $10 now, man. You should really get one. I was like, no, nah, man, that's more money. And he came back and was like, <laughs> Dude, they're 100 man. You really should consider getting some. And I was like, uh, that's like so much money. And I talked about it with my some friends I had. I was like, yeah, and he's like 100 bucks, And you can make the investment. I don't know. Like, you This know, is breaking understand. my heart. I know it's crazy. But he um he had a lot of punks and he he gave them as gifts to people like you know for their birthday or whatever, uh, when they were like twenty thirty dollars, um, and uh, and he gave one to me and uh, for my uh, I think it was Christmas and it was a, a wild hair, uh, shadow shadow beard. I think it was still it was only worth like maybe two hundred dollars when he gave it to me and then. Uh, I kept it for a while, and then the whole crypto thing happened, and you know they were like twenty grand, and I was like, "Oh man, that's like so much money! I should sell it! I should sell it!" I held on to it. I didn't sell it, and then I just kept holding on to it. And one day I was like, "I can't resist this anymore," and so I listed it for sale, <laughs> and it sold, and it was like basically at the like the peak. <laughs> it just Congrats. so happened to have been the peak, so I, I really lucked Congrats. out in terms of raking in some. Um, some ETH some there to chatter. play with, yeah. yeah. And uh, and I re- I do regret it because it was such a cool punk. It was basically like that. The ones we're looking at, right? See that one? It's a uh, one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four, five. So uh, yeah, four rows to the right, and then five rows down. It's got like the slightly darker background with the pale. Oh eye. yeah, that it's just like yeah, that one right has- there. It has a darker background because it exists in oh, the original. That's game. probably the one, especially if it has a silver necklace, and that's the one. Um, but uh, so I, I, that's the one, and I regret selling it because I feel like it kind of looks like me a little bit, and it also looks like my brother. And um, yep, it's got the silver yeah. necklace. That's the one. Yep. It's awesome. This is, so that's this one is I a own. very very dope one. That's insane. That's so so cool. I actually. No idea that you have like the ultimate punk thing where you th- had one like silver chain and th- so this is great i yeah. i um i love I it love well that case, i'll press you is there anything else so you said these two is there anything else that you would customize like you can say like 
no clown nose or glasses or you know only yeah, I don't, I don't or like, anything else i don't like the clown nose too much i do like the uh the una una browser uh the una goggle um i do like the um uh 3d glasses are awesome i always you mean like, the vr by the goggle yeah yeah the vr that's the one um I do. I I always like to put like a little cigarette in its mouth just because I think that looks badass. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we have some anti-cigarette people and, and pro-cigarette people. Tell us <laughs> people are very decisive or divisive about that trait. Yeah, I want to, I want the punk to look like real rough, you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. So, okay, what else? Riff, riff. Any other riffs? No pressure, but like this is a lot of fun for me. Let for us. see here. Sure. I usually don't put an earring on it, but um, it can be nice with the earring too um face what are the face options there fuck i forgot about that rosy Rosy cheeks spots spots. uh rosy cheeks maybe just to give it some more character damn there's so many okay and then um (laughs) missing neck i guess put a little necklace on it just for old time's sake silver and uh Male, obviously. Mouth. Um, let's do. Oh shit! Any of them was fine for the. There's mouth. not going to be many left. Yeah. So, so not. Yeah. Even not now, we have very few. But we well, we can pair it back. It's good to get it all out yeah, of the yeah. system, and then we can yeah. we can we can say. Those are awesome. And sex male, obviously, and then. Oh yeah. no, zombie! Got it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dope. Yeah. This is great. All right. Well, let's, we'll come up with some uh, good, you know, I think what we, what we tend to do, and it gets actually like kind of complicated, but in a good way is we have the exhibition, which is broader because you got to give people what to do, but then we have the poster, uh, which is narrower. So I'm just going to look at this, uh, this poster. And uh, this is like not That's enough awesome. to make an amazing poster, but like, this is the kind of vibe that we like for the poster where it's sort of more specific and um, we need more to, to fix it. But once we have a good poster, uh, we will, um, and then if it's cool with you, what we've done in the past is we have these, uh, Babylon, uh, uh, yeah, don't look at my autocompletes. This is <laughs> private information. Okay. So we have, um, so we have this. So here was the last one. And then we had uh, Mark Graffy, uh, the sculptor who, uh, so if you're cool with it, we could put like, tell you what we're going to do. And then we could have the poster and we could put the parameters on here. I mean, I understand that we're. You yes. know, on stream uh, right now. But if that's cool it's by you, we could totally we could awesome. do that. Yeah. That's like and, the coolest um, poster I've ever seen. I love that. Oh yeah, thank you. And it's a free mint, so you know, one per wallet. So you can only have one, but uh, it's uh, it's free, so people can can get it. And and, and here here was the uh, the seven trait one, which um, this is actually also generative art. So um, this is done on chain, and so we upload the. It's I guess what is it is 108. So it's 108 IDs, and then for each poster, it will scramble them and render them in a different uh, order, mm-hmm. and then it puts the uh, the combined union of all the traits in wow. the thing and everything. So it's kind of a, a funny uh, a funny thing. So um, okay, awesome. cool. And then you know the last thing that and you know this was a lot of fun. Now I'm asking you for stuff, so it's like this is like you gave us this. The last thing, if you're down is that Dove uh, is going to do a short summary of the pod, which is going to be something we put at the beginning to kind of say, here's what's going on. And then after that, if you could just say something, you know, like, you know, I'm Daniel Calderon Arnas, and 
I'm on the Cows 41 pod dollar cost averaging or not exactly that, but just like just anything, just any word. And then we'll in the edit put you after Dove and then people be like, all right, I want to I want to watch this thing. I want to listen. So that's the final um, little song and dance uh, thing, if that's cool. Yeah, for sure. All right, cool. All right, Dove. It's it's me again. I, I got I I'm giving the summary. You start. On today's episode of the Capsule Twenty One podcast, we talked to our guest Daniel Calderon Arenas about his artwork, his Art Blocks uh, Genesis project, uh, his journey as an artist in the Web three space. We talked about CryptoPunk. We talked about uh, color theory. We talked about AI prompting, mid-journey versus Dali, and a lot of other really great things. Donald Judd, come on. Hit me with the Donald Judd. We talked about Donald Judd, everyone's favorite artist. Trademark. That's his. I made that up. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a trademark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Respect it. All right. Good job, Dove. Thanks. Nice. My turn. Hit us. Okay, yeah. Um, what's up? I'm Daniel Calderon Arenas. I go by DCA, Artblocks artist and educator, and I make generative art. And I'm obsessed with it. And that's all I think about, and that's all I do. And I'm crazy about it. Ah! Perfect. Great. That was great. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a great intro. Um, Okay, cool. I mean, you know, all my dreams have come true, so... Yeah, I would like to ask one more question, Daniel. Yeah. Um, you break it up, Piv. Oh, Piv. Every time Piv tries to talk, he, he cuts out. <laughs> tech. Oh, tech is so brutal. It's okay, we can scrub the dead air now. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. It's more than okay. This is yeah. <laughs> so relaxing to be able to living in luxury oh man let's check the um okay not a lot going on there okay let me try again all right yes you often mention that you are a teacher and an educator i guess it's it's really important for you it is, is it your art practice or mm -hmm. you... yeah I, th I think it's important because um well i have an mfa in sculpture and through that process, you know, like you learn about the importance of education and the importance of communicating information to people. And um, I learned a lot of stuff myself, right? I, I go on YouTube, I, I read books, I, I do everything I can to like learn content or information. I learn information. And for me, I think it's a, it's, it's part of like my role as an artist to be able to communicate that information to other people in a way that they don't have to go all in you know they don't have to spend as much time and so i teach you know i teach at university of houston i teach classes about sculpture i teach 3d modeling blender kind of stuff i teach coding um and i like for example this summer i'm going to marfa to teach uh, a graduate course there two weeks how to code um and i teach like kids whenever i get the opportunity to i teach children if i can you know i volunteer for stuff like that just like i don't know like i'm an academic you know i'm coming from that background and it's like i feel like it's good to keep my foot in in the academic realm because they they it's a very big space you know and let's say like 
you know, like I, I move to some random city or state, right? There's going to be an, a university there and I can always connect with them and, and maybe have a job and have, you know, continue, continue like the academic pursuit. So it's just like an extra thing, you know, it, it does take a lot of my time, like time I could be spending making art and coding and whatever. Um, but I, I make the extra effort to, to kind of keep that going because you know, it's just it's just how I understood the world is through through academics, and so part of part of why I even have a degree is to like be able to engage with the academic realm and and, and just teach, and it keeps me young, keeps me fresh, keeps me like on top of learning. You know, I have to know the content that I teach, so it keeps me like constantly looking at stuff that I wouldn't think about. And students are real creative; they have all kinds of ideas and. They're also they also have a lot of new tools that I don't know about, you know, and they bring them to the table and I can explore. And it's just like a it's like another community, I guess you could say different kind of community. But I get to like it's one where I, I'm sort of like at the at the top and I get to disseminate my information, and my knowledge to others. And most people are very welcoming to it. And, and um, yeah, I, I get a lot of good feedback from students about my teaching style and all that kind of stuff. And so it's just like another thing on the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's important, you know, and especially today when everybody wants to learn how to code, you know, I get DMS all the time. Like, Hey, uh, do you teach, can you do private lessons? I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> but I could make a killing doing that if I wanted to shit. Yeah. You should. You heard it here first. Everyone, the next buying, selling a crypto punk at the peak could be, private coding lessons and yeah. just like hang out too like you're a cool guy too so be like yeah. i got cool stories to tell and i'm a private you know it's like wow yeah, so why would why, in all seriousness why wouldn't you do something i mean right. i can sort of see why but just like yeah why why wouldn't you do something like that yeah i mean there's no reason why not to just besides maybe like it taking up time that you could be spending doing other stuff like if there's too many opportunities that would be passed off then i'd try to step away from the teaching but um you know if there's a, there's always a good balance and i think i'm at that point where i have a good balance between the two um but yeah i mean it's it's a different kind of world you know they they value like for example my entire time in school in art school like six seven years whatever it was um like the word profit or sale or like money like was never mentioned right it, academic world is like totally insulated to market craziness and so like this whole nft world is like it's it's a whole departure from what you know what you do in the academics Mm -hmm. and so i have one foot in that door and one foot in this door and i can kind of bridge the gap and i can communicate that to students and kind of let them know that yes art is about that purity of making things like irrespective of money or irrespective of prices or markets at the same time, the markets play a huge role and they can really spur you to create more and, and create more that is in line with expectations or, or, or desires of a broader population. You know, like you can really do stuff if you I'm not catering to that. But at the same time, I, I take the I can tell what, what people desire, you know, from from the way they buy stuff. And and I try to kind of create stuff that can fit within that realm, but within my own vision, you know? So like, it's a trade-off. And, and a lot of students, they, they exit art school and they don't know what to do and they end up just working a part-time job and never using their art degree because it's hard to find a footing. But if I can help them bridge that gap and help them understand that, yes, 
you can think about how sales are important and how like how to price your work and how to promote yourself and like all that kind of stuff like it, it is important even though it's not you know from the academic side so like i feel like it's a duty too you know like i, I want them to to get the best out of it get the best out of the world so yeah that's, that's awesome. Yeah, good answer. That's very well. Very well said. It's a real, yeah, it's a real sad thing. You know, people out there who have, you know, I mean, talent, I don't even know if talent's the right word, but great, you know, talent and, and drive. And then it's like, how do you turn that into, into success? And, and, you know, with, um, with the right, with the right mentorship. I mean, I think it's like, you know, I'm always telling Dove, like when I was, and you know, it's not like I hung out with all kinds of artists or whatever, but you know, I'm 39 now when I was, living in new york in my mid-20s i knew various people who were doing art stuff and uh writing none of that <laughs> it's really hard to uh you know to make money uh, uh doing that uh and now i think maybe the game has changed uh, uh, somewhat, 1983? But, uh sorry 1984 84 84 84 january I, I shouldn't dox myself people already know i'm a capricorn i think so i'm not really doxing <laughs> myself but uh <laughs> Also, I just want to—I just want to pause it. It hasn't changed. I, I, as someone in their mid twenties living in New York City, I know a lot of artists who aren't making. Yeah, that, it's money. it's like a like a universal truth. I think. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. So. More good now, but I guess one thing I would just say: final point on the teaching thing, and I. I will pump myself for a moment, which is that I spent a really long time teaching last week because I wrote an article, uh, which I'm going to put up here just because people have got to see um, what the deal uh, is with me um, recently. And, um, you know, what I did was I wrote basically I this uh, thing uh, in contracts called the diamond standard, which is a way of like organizing your code, whatever I want to get into. I wrote this article. And basically, I made this like fake, not fake, toy NFT, which is it's an NFT that, you know, essentially will uh, store the gas price at the mint. And the higher the gas price at the mint, the better rank that you get. And so it's kind of like a um, social, brilliant social commentary. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to write an article that was people were going to find helpful, basically, that would actually like teach you. And I started writing and I was like, wait a minute, no one cares about any of this stuff. So I got to do something actually, you know, really practical. And so I broke down, basically, I created this NFT and I broke down, okay, here, like copy and paste this into the editor. Okay. And got, and I went through it again at the end and I said, okay, if I follow my own instructions, so I end up with the NFT I want. And what I found was doing that is uh, so hard to do, to tell people how to do something, even if it's just some toy thing you made. And I think so useful because it's like everyone's just talking about theories or whatever. So I guess my, my point is like, I think one amazing thing to see, I understand you can't, you know, do this for a variety of reasons, but like if someone were to take that, you know, any of your general work really, but really, of course, the most recent stuff I think is, is stuff that jumps off the page for me uh, the most, like a thing that just actually, it wouldn't have to be an article, but just like, here's exactly how to, to do that. Not how to go through the process creatively but like if you cop here's section by section like copy and paste that in i know that's not something that you know you would necessarily you know want to uh uh want to do but i think that there is like because so much of my progress especially as a programmer is this whole copy paste you know mm -hmm. thing so uh, i was really anyway people out there read my article but i was trying to tee that you know kind of concept uh up and you can also make gas gas lovers. anyway I, I i definitely feel um you know for me personally i'm not like a teacher uh in a real way, but sometimes I can go back to colleges and even my own college and give like a talk and, um, you know, yeah. go, thanks for giving this talk. Like, thank you. I leached your youthful energy. Like that definitely, 
rings true for me. You got to leech that energy. You know, it's yeah. just like, it's like, oh, thank you for coming, Tom. I'm like, ha, ha, ha. Thank <laughs> me. Uh, I stole from you. Your energy. It's mine now. Uh, it's Anything else from the panels, panelists? Thank you. By the way, thank you all, panelists, Piv and M. Dovetail. You should be thanking God. You are. No, thank him. No. Okay, we can my, thank uh, him now. My, my parting shot is uh that i just released my my newest ai art thing uh and it's in my pinned tweet so go check it out it's cool. it's cool i'd appreciate it if you if uh, the listeners went and went and had a look and it's like i'm trying out a blind mint thing I, i've always done you know i've just listed like 30 at once on foundation and I'm like pick one uh, and i'm trying a blind thing so you can blindly mint one of the 50 one of ones for 0. 0.075 e um, check it out y'all that's that's my little shill and uh other parting shots it, it was really good to meet you by the way uh i don't think we'd talked before before today so thank you for coming on this is a, this is a good absolute app. pleasure yeah. absolute pleasure uh likewise it was awesome meeting you too and um piv and um tom uh so yeah it's really yeah i'm just really glad to be on here with y'all and just kind of you know it's like we're just hanging out so it feels nice and natural <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Parting <laughs> yeah. so, shots, Piv. Yeah. <laughs> We're oh, testing no. the silence thing. We're testing the silence thing. Someone's gonna see that cut. Oh, Piv's back. Hey, parting. Yeah, I'm back. Thank you very much for uh, for joining us. It was great. Hell yeah. And that's the Capsule 21 podcast. You've watched an episode of it right now. If you are still here, you have enjoyed an incredible episode with an amazing guest, Daniel Calderon Arenas. You've learned a lot. You've had a good time, and the even better news is that if you are watching this, you're next. And we're next week. So see us next week, and goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.